0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm uh, the founder of Mixergy where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. Joining me is an entrepreneur that I'm so excited to catch up with. I remember the first time that I interviewed you, Anu. I was in Argentina. I think I just recently got into Argentina. I was living there and then I did an interview with you and the thing that was amazing about you was you'd work for multiple companies that had done well, that had exited. And so you... You had a great track record that way. You could have just lived off of that for the rest of your life. You decided you were going to start your own company. And the company was, it was aware of how social media was starting to take off. And your clients were telling you, do something in social media. And you were looking for what to do. And you found an interesting spot. I see you're smiling. Um, It was such an interesting spot. I mean, they were even telling you, go look at MySpace back then. You were looking at Facebook and yes. you discovered there are a lot of these platforms, a lot of these platforms that allow games and other activities to happen on them. People who are playing these games mm-hmm. or interacting are getting points. What if those points could be converted into prizes and the prizes were sponsored by companies and then you make money for your from the companies, which some of it you pass on to, to the game makers. Um. I want to find out about that, how it ended up. Uh, that company was called OfferPal Media. I want to find out about Rubrik, the other company that you founded. I want to hear about this new business that you've launched, uh, BotCo. I tried to beat it up, your, your chat bot, um, and I didn't. Why don't I do a proper intro, and then we'll get into how you've how you've done how, uh, with this new company, and then we'll catch up a little bit on the previous companies. Just I should say I've been so excited to talk to you. I forgot to introduce you properly. <laughs> anu Shukla is the founder of Botco. They do conversational marketing via this via chat, and we can find out all about how she did this thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first will host your website right. It's called HostGator, and the second has helped Anu and me and so many other people hire. It's called Top Tal. But I'll talk about those later. Anu, good to have you here
1: good to be here andrew good to see you and and be people who can you know work from anywhere in the world so that was when you so told exciting. me you were in argentina i was like wow <laughs> that would be that's awesome and now we're living in that world andrew everybody can be anywhere because we can't really be in offices uh, with people so now we understand that whole the freedom of that lifestyle
0: and I remember when I first found out about it, I was skeptical. I didn't think it could happen. And then Tim Ferriss was doing this, and a friend of mine saw him there, and I still didn't think it could happen. Maybe there's something suspicious about it. And Then other friends moved all around the world and worked, and I realized let's give it a shot, and it was great.
1: Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned offer tap. You mentioned offer balance tap joy, and one of the things we did was we worked uh, with the very early developers who Built uh, games on the Facebook platform, and those games became very big. Like, if you remember Mob Wars and you know, all those kind of Godfather, those kind of games, yeah. and those were just young independent developers, usually teams of one or two or three people. And they were literally, we were monetizing and they were monetizing them for like a hundred thousand dollars a day. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars a day, yeah. And, you know, they, they got most of it. We kept, you know, whatever our revenue share was. Uh-huh. And these folks decided to take their teams and they said, well, we're going to go now build the next. We're taking all 12 people to Thailand and we're going to work from Thailand for the next three months, developing our next title. And, and then some would say we're going now our next destination is Tel Aviv. So we kind of knew people, you know, that did that, and I always envied them. That's why I brought that up. They were definitely our customers.
0: I do remember these companies doing that. I didn't realize that they'd made hundred thousand dollars a day with those games. All right, we should say this was OfferPal. That was the company where I interviewed you before, and that's yeah. the one that I Offerpal described earlier. Is now-
1: Yeah, OfferPal is, sorry to keep interrupting. OfferPal is actually now called TapJoy because we bought a two-person company called TapJoy Mm -hmm. that was doing, uh, uh, I think, ad mediation or something where we basically asked them to do what OfferPal did, which is basically give a rewarded offer, uh, incentivized offer. And so they did that on mobile and we ended up uh, acquiring them and taking their name because we were in the process Uh, of moving off the Facebook platform and getting onto only mobile platforms. So it made sense to have a name that was recognized in that field, and that was Tapjoy. And so Tapjoy has done very well, and I've been long gone, but it continues to uh, thrive and survive using the exact same business model.
0: I thought, so Tapjoy, from what I understood when you acquired them, They were helping apps monetize by giving them payment every time one of their users downloaded and installed an app.
1: That was one of the offers. It was just one of the offers. offers.
0: Got it. All right. Did you, did you sell the company? How did you exit it?
1: So I had the opportunity, I was serving on the board um, and I had the opportunity, the company was doing a round of financing and actually this benefited me, the company and the new investor. I had the um, option along with my co-founder to um, exit the company and let the new investor come in and get a bigger share uh, of the company that they, that was a requirement for them. And so I was able to sell a divest at that point. And uh, so was my co-founder. And that was uh, almost 10 years ago, around 10 years ago, maybe nine years ago. How much did you exit for? Um, so that is actually confidential to the company. And so that is why I can't Can you give me a ballpark? Are we
0: talking tens of millions, more than a hundred? What did you end up with?
1: We're talking about millions. Yes. Millions of dollars, tens of millions? I really, that would get too much into the information that I have actually signed a confidentiality on.
0: Fair enough. The reason I'm asking is I remember you shocked me when I asked you at the time about rubric. Wasn't... Rubrik was your marketing automation company. Didn't it yes. sell for
1: $366 million? Yes. Yeah. And you told it. me about that mm-hmm.
0: so matter of factly last time. I thought maybe now I could get you to tell me about that.
1: All right. No, because it was publicly announced. There was a press release that said, here's the price that Rubrik sold for. We sold to a publicly traded company. So everything was out in the open. Got it. This is a private sale, a private transaction for a private company. And as an officer i signed an nda but it was very beneficial to me i'm i'm glad i exited and uh, to my co-founder and also it was very beneficial to the company because they got a new investor in which they needed at that point yes, but cute. again I... it was all a private transaction that's why i really can't I'll ask you another personal
0: retail. question and then i want to get into the founding of botco did you do anything yes. fun for yourself? Did you buy yourself a house? Did you go on vacation? I feel like as I look at you over the years, it's just one company after another after another with not a single freaking break in your LinkedIn profile. Did you do
1: anything fun? I do fun things all the time. I like? mean, I've been mean, this whole thing. Well, I like working. That's fun for me. So I just stop pretending. I, I actually don't have any great big... Desires for, you know, very big homes, a lot of diamonds, a lot of shopping. What I really like to do is I like to build companies and uh, now I invest in companies. I like to build companies. I like to invest in companies. I like to help entrepreneurs realize their dreams. I like to work with smart people and create something. I love to work with customers. Um, So this is fun for me. But no hobbies, no personal interests. I'm not gonna see Anu on a beach somewhere. I I'll do see. go to beaches. I but have that's kids. It. I have okay. uh, you know. I have kids and I take them to the most exotic vacation you can think of. Okay. And um and they we go in reasonable luxury. And uh, we do as many of these vacations as we can in a year as the school schedule allows. And I do like to have a nice car, not over the top, but it's okay. Okay. And um and of course I'm very comfortable. Uh, and but I but the activity that I like to do is not really hang out at the beach. It's like boring after a while. What's more fun is to work with other entrepreneurs and other smart people and create something. Okay, So that's what I like to do. So and now I have look- fun myself. Yeah.
0: I am sensing that this is your pleasure. You know, I when I started doing these interviews, I really, for the, so badly wanted the entrepreneurs to tell me, and I sold my company and bought this amazing thing that would get my imagination going, get my audience's imagination going. Nobody was buying any fun things. Nobody was, as a result, going and doing anything outrageous. This, occasionally, mm. they would tell me in private, Andrew, what I get to do is, but it's never the most amazing thing. It's like, maybe they went and they paid $20,000 at a, at a club somewhere, but who cares? It's just it's always like what you say. It's I like starting another thing. And then here's another one. A lot of times it's I buy a better computer. Like I buy everything that mm-hmm. Apple sells. Like this is all right, I get it. It's this, I'm it's the building blessed. that's interesting. I'm
1: very Yeah, I'm very blessed because I think I can get anything I want. I just don't want a lot. I don't, you know, I don't desire like this expensive bottle of wine. Like, you know, if I don't have a wine collection, I'll die. Uh, I don't desire, you know, every single handbag on earth that's made by a designer. One or two are fine, you know. So I, I just don't have those pleasures. I do love traveling and I love to travel with my children and I take them to very exotic locations in a good style and that's what I enjoy. So I do that.
0: You noticed that your dentist was texting you and you had a thought. What if what? How did, how did your dentist, here's what I understand. Uh, you told our producer, look, I saw everyone was on their mobile device. Even my dentist was texting me to get my attention instead of emailing me. And so I thought, you know what, what if we do Mm -hmm. this too, if this is being done for business to consumer segment, I'm a business to business person. Maybe I can make it work for business to business. And then what happened? Take me from there and how that led you to launching BotCo.
1: Yes. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, I was an adopter of this mobile device and I was finding that I was texting with my family, mostly with my children, because they mm-hmm. are totally on the mobile device. And then I started getting um, a lot of messages from my dentist and other suppliers and people that I, uh, you know, I was doing business with uh, on a personal basis, reminding me about my dental appointment or you need to do this um, and uh, reminding me that I had to go. And have a doctor's appointment and things like that so i said i wonder what's happening in a b2b context so i went to a very large company's facebook page very large you know fortune 500 company and i went to the facebook page and i wrote down i'm interested in buying this product could somebody please call me and i messaged them and nobody ever replied to me so then i went back again and i said Um, you know i want to buy 10 million dollars of this product i have the budget could somebody please respond to my text message on messenger on facebook and these people have spent so much money building a profile on facebook and hopefully there's somebody maintaining this is a 100 billion dollar company or whatever and here i am just trying to get their attention like Or could you tell me if there's an SMB group I should go to because I only want to buy $10 million, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing ever happened. So I said, this is crazy. Why are companies setting themselves up with a messaging channel when they have no way of responding to it? There's obviously nobody reading this and there's nobody authorized to respond to it. So they're just ignoring it. That's not a nice reputation for a company that does hundred billion dollars in revenue. So I said, that's a B2B concept, right? Um, And so I said, I think that there, there might be an opportunity here to give the enterprises the kind of platform or tools that they need to be able to use messaging to engage with their customers. At the same time, my co-founder who actually had started, was a co-founder of Rubrik, my first marketing automation company, Chris Meida. He was actually traveling a lot to Hong Kong on business and he was still very much, had always stayed in marketing automation and doing various products and services there. And so he said, you know, I was in Hong Kong working for this big bank and um they said, we don't want your email products because nobody here uses email. Everybody uses WeChat. And so, you know, if you have any products for WeChat, like we were doing, it was a bank. They said, we're even doing mortgage applications over WeChat. And so he's wow. like, you know, this is like, it, it's amazing. He goes, WeChat is, is being really used for business. So here's my experience. That's his experience. And then I met my third co-founder, Rebecca Clyde, uh, who's our CEO and a good friend. And uh, I met her in Arizona. I was there for a conference. And um, she told me, she said she she had a company, she ran one of the most successful digital marketing companies, agencies in Arizona, in Scottsdale, and had a lot of business customers. And what she did for them mostly was, implement marketing automation products like Eloqua, which was really a generation after Rubrik. It was exactly Mm -hmm. the same product. Marketing automation
0: software, basically largely email automation, right?
1: Yeah, it's email, it's like campaign management. Like you create a database of your customers, you tag them, segment them in some way, and then you start email campaigns for them, which are, you know, industrial strength. Like this is exactly what Eloqua does, Marketo does. Pardot does all of them been acquired for billions of dollars with from with Oracle, Adobe, Experience Cloud, etc. And she That's ran ideas collide
0: that. as a that was her digital agency, right?
1: Okay. That was her digital marketing agency, and she was working with large enterprise clients, and they were using Eloqua or Pardot or anything. And she said, you know, we just aren't getting the results that we used to get. So you used to have a certain response rates, a certain conversion rates. Uh, certain deliverability in emails, but things are so crowded. So it's just between us girls. This stuff isn't working as well as it used to. Yeah. So I told her about um, WeChat and what my other co-founder sa- had said about how WeChat was being used in a business-to-business concept. And I told her about my experience with large Fortune 500 company on Facebook, who had like a, a whole presence there, but really wasn't set up to respond to it. And so we thought that would be a good idea and a good generational shift in marketing automation to create a platform that could lead and large enterprises, uh, whether B2C or B2B, to create chat-based campaigns or basically complement their existing marketing automation stack with a new channel that was more immediate, more instant, more on demand. And then we started to make a list of things that they would need and we said, well, certainly these are very big companies. They're not going to accept some dumb chat thing, you know. They're going to want some intelligence. So that led us to NLP and recruiting our advisor, uh, D- Dr. Deborah McGuinness, to talk to us about how NLP could be used. Uh, did, did and that's know, how VATCO started.
0: Did you know that they would need that, that they would want more intelligence? Or did you start off with the assumption that they would just want everything that's being done by, via email, but made smaller and more more direct via chat
1: you know everything in chat changes you can't really talk mm-hmm. about um you know nurturing campaigns or drip marketing and say it's going to be the same in chat as it is in email it's actually fundamentally different how did you because, know that
0: because i think a lot of people assume look i have a message to send out thinking about the dentist example that you gave your dentist doesn't say let's have back and forth here your dentist just says you have an appointment coming up tomorrow. Here's the text message reminding you, right? And that's it. If they, if they get a little more clever, they might let you hit a link to reschedule or cancel, but that's about it. How did you know that when it comes to enterprise, they wouldn't want to just push out messages one way, but they would need more of the interaction that feels like texting your friend or texting your, your, your coworker?
1: Yes. So, what enterprises need to do is there's whatever they open up, their campaign, you have to understand it from their perspective. What are their campaigns about? What are they trying to do? So, what everybody's trying to do is when somebody comes to their website or their Facebook page, let's say they're more a consumer play, what they want to do is they want to understand are you coming here for support or are you coming here because you want some information about my products? Right. And it wasn't that hard for us to figure this out. and, and um, if you're here for support, let me direct you to the right support place where you can get support. You can call a number, you can send an email, you can send a text to support. But if you're a person who might need some information because you're considering a purchase, then not only do I wanna give you exactly the information you want, I also want to know as much as I can about you. So how do you do that over chat, right? You can You're saying have you a you just
0: understood it because you've been in this business for so long. Your co-founders been yes. both of them have been in this business one way or another for so long. You just knew this is going to have to be more interaction. It's not push, the way it is in email. It's conversation. Okay, it's I see that that's what you understood. Did, at what point did you start talking to customers to have your understanding get clarified, or did you get? At what point did you get a customer?
1: oh, you know, we got a customer right away because we went to a bunch of customers, about I think 30 or 40 of them first, just to talk about the idea. Right and so from the start, you them. had an
0: idea, you went to customers, you said, what do you think of this? I I'm assuming it. that you went to Rebecca Clyde, your co-founder's customers. She was already dealing with enterprise businesses that wanted marketing automation. It wasn't such a big mm-hmm. leap to say, would you want to do chat-based automation in addition yeah. to email? That's yeah. what it was, okay.
1: Yes, we went to her customers. We also went to our old customers. Uh, actually, we went to our customers from Rubric, too, Okay. Um, that had bought Rubric, like, 15 years ago or whatever. And then we went to them and see how is their experience with marketing automation products and what was missing. Okay. The so first thing we did was we said, okay, we have an assumption. We have an assumption that marketing, B2B marketing is ready for this, and let's go find out if they are. So we talked to people that were using those products, whether it was Eloqua, Pardot, or any other product. And we, try to find out what is your problem you know, and how can this improve it. That helps us design our first product deck, really. And then we immediately got a customer who was willing to try it it out. And so we put something together and implemented that customer. And then we got a second customer uh, that we actually um, implemented as well. And while we were implementing, we were able to really find out their needs and tailor a lot of solution to them. Okay. And then that helped us get uh, on a path to our MVP. And then we got the MVP. And then now we're, you know, so we're you, basically- You created
0: your MVP after you got your first customers.
1: First couple of customers. First yeah. couple mm-hmm. of
0: customers. All right, I'm going to find out what that first version looked like and who or what industries the two customers were in. But first, let me talk about my first sponsor. It's a company called TopTal for Hiring Developers. You've hired from them. Why do you hire from them?
1: Well, they have a, a methodology. First of all, we hire from them because- um, they have an uh, excellent, uh, we've had excellent experience with the people we get from them. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons is that they they have a screening process uh, and they actually rank who are the best developers. So you are assured. One of the things when, you, when all of us are doing remote work and trying to enhance a team with remote engineering resources, for example, is that you really don't want to waste like two to three months just finding out if the person was good enough or not. And you know they could be producing features, but we don't know the quality of the code behind unless you do extensive code reviews. So it gives you this sense of assurance when you go to a site like uh, Toptal, who has these screening procedures. So our experience plus their methodology, I think it it's a it takes a lot of risk out of the equation.
0: You know what? There's. Their methodology is so important to them that I had one of their guys like into my office, ready to do what we call a master class about how to hire. And the company said, actually, Andrew, we don't want to talk about it openly. This is our process. I think they were a little worried that I wouldn't do it justice, but they're so obsessive about this process that they protect it the way that I protect my kid, except I let my kid go out into the world, even at at four years old. They're very protective of it. And I understand why the results like you've had, like I've had, like other people I've had speak for themselves. If anyone out there is listening and they're hiring, the first thing I recommend you do is go to toptal.com slash Mixergy. And you'll have a conversation You you and I both have, right? With someone at their company who will help you understand what they could do. And then they match you if it's a good fit with, uh, with developers. And here's something that you probably didn't get Anu, but you should next time use this URL because they will give you 80 hours of, free developer credit when you pay for oh your first God. 80 we hours
1: need we need this right yes.
0: in addition to yes. a no risk trial period which you don't need because you know they're going to do it for you all right so anyone out there who hasn't tried them yet should go to toptal.com slash mixergy that's top is in top of your head tal in talent dot com slash m-i-x-e-r-g-y toptal.com slash mixergy all right the first two customers were in what business what types of businesses
1: um so the first one the first customer was in uh, hospitality one of the first customers was in hospitality it was mm-hmm. best western hotels wow. and um, we basically um, designed a product uh, a bought around their uh, loyalty program so best western has uh, one of the best most rewarding loyalty programs and they are a group of uh, hotels that are you know 4,500 different locations? Some of them, many of them, are franchises. Mm-hmm. Some franchises own, you know, tens, tens, or dozens, or hundreds of hotels, but they are franchises and they're all over the world. And so, what they wanted to do was create a consistent experience around their loyalty program. And so, they wanted, uh, and, and offer of Facebook, they wanted um, people to download Messenger. Uh, and connect their loyalty account to their messenger account using our bot, and then be able to query it for things like, um, how many points do I have? How many points do I need for a hotel room? Um, you know, uh, do my points expire? Um, and they you know, they
0: wanted it done via Facebook Messenger, not WhatsApp, not text messenger. No.
1: Messenger, because it was, you know, they started off with the US focus. They wanted to do it on Messenger and their website. They started with Messenger.
0: Did they believe that, were there people who were already trying to do this with them on Facebook Messenger, or were they hoping to start something new? Or, so I made a couple of investments in businesses in this space. One of them was Mm -hmm. Assist that was working with hotels like Hyatt, and then they eventually sold to Converse Social. The other is ManyChat. It's more of an SMB business. What I've discovered is that there's some businesses that will just experiment for the sake of experimenting. They don't know that there's something there, they just want to try. Assist was in that space. Huge companies just have an extra a little bit of a budget to experiment with new ideas, but they didn't believe yet that there were that there were customers who were going to Facebook Messenger who were ready to book a room. They just said, "Let's throw some money at this company and see what happens." Mm-hmm. Was that where Best Western was? Just let's experiment or did they have I mean- customers?
1: No, I think Best Western had a, very, had a lot of activity uh, on their Facebook page. All right. And they wanted to capitalize on it. So they wanted to make sure that, any, you know, that uh, other than support questions, which could be routed to um, a support package and to their staff, which they're very good at. They also wanted to have questions about the loyalty program and about ideas. Give me an idea. Where should I book? Do you have anything in Paris? Is there a par- is there a parking lot at that location? Do you have free breakfast? And they already
0: had home? people who were going to Facebook Messenger and asking these questions?
1: They yes. did. Yes. They uh-huh. had people going to Facebook answering, you know, that were getting routed to support. Okay. And support was not really designed to tell them about the parking lot and the breakfast in Paris, right? Okay. So they wanted the bot with the whole loyalty moniker to be able to answer those questions. As, re- as it relates to the loyalty program and as it relates to increased bookings, got it, and in- increase in bookings. So it was really it was really a marketing bot. That's what it was. And seems like it's uh, much more than marketing. You know, I would have I
0: would have thought a marketing bot was more like sign up and then every month we'll tell you about a ten percent off this, twenty percent off that. New loyalty program here. No, this is. I see your face. People can't who are listening to the podcast <laughs> can't see you. Just gave me this face like no, Andrew, that's horrible. No. When you think marketing, you're thinking more of like a salesperson reproduced via chat, the back and forth and let me be a consultant the best
1: type of salesperson. The uh-huh. way I explain to our, some of our prospective customers is think of your best, the person who knows your product the best, right? Uh-huh. And your best salesperson. And they are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to answer precisely the question any customer could have. And they can scale to millions of inquiries or they can do one and it's no extra cost to you. And so that is what we designed our system to be able to support. It's truly marketing because it's doing an outreach, it's giving information, it's it's an enterprise level because it's connected to your enterprise systems, it's connected to your loyalty system in this case, it's reading out, you know, here are your points. You can book this hotel. You can go park there. We do Got have it. breakfast. We are pet friendly. That's all sort <laughs> of stuff.
0: That is one of the reasons why I would stay at Best Western. If I, I remember I was driving around with my dog. If I needed a place that I knew my dog could come in, they were always number one for that. All right. I get what, you're, I get what you did with them. Who's the other customer?
1: Our next customer, who's still a very good customer, um, uh, currently we just did a webinar with them. Actually, is Massage Envy. So Uh, I saw them on your site. Yeah. Wait, does Massage Envy come to my house to give me a massage? No. Massage Envy is a very unique and wonderful model. They are a subscription model. Okay. If you subscribe to Massage Envy, and you pay them a subscription fee every month, membership fee, you become a member. Okay. You you can have a certain number of massage visits to any of their locations, and they have 2,300 of them. And here again, we had the same issue. Corporate wanted to make sure people had the right information, uh, a service that the, the corporate headquarters provided to all their franchises, trying to make a consistent experience about where is it located? Is there parking there? Can I book a massage? Okay. And do you have couples massage? And in the process, what we were doing was seeing if we could increase the basket size. So uh-huh. it's like, you know, you, you sure you don't want the eyebrow wax as well? Go uh, Introducing I... new products. Um, in, in times of COVID, when, when massage parlors were shutting down, I think the bot was quickly configured to answer questions to allow people to freeze their membership rather than cancel. So uh, yeah. huge revenue impact. Again, connected to their systems, tracked, A-B tested, you know, what if we put uh, we have a subscription drive and we put a bot there to answer questions about the subscription versus we don't? What's the increase in conversion? Mm. And so those were tested, and then the bot was widely deployed. And it's a it's a wonderful application. Again, very enterprise level, very much part of the marketing fabric of the company. Always in consideration when there's a new campaign. Uh, that requires a landing page. And at the landing page, you want to be able to convert more people, uh, providing a service uh, at the you know local level information, which we grab automatically from the EXT updates to be able to answer things like whether they have couples massage or not, and then drive them straight to the booking portal. So, yeah, very important. This is okay. how you weave conversations and chat and artificial intelligence at nlp and the whole thing is that we don't really you know, need data scientists and PhDs to come work with your data for hundreds of you know hours and like some. You're basically uh, pulling in the data that they
0: already have online and using yeah. some intelligence Yes. Com- matching up what you have online with what you think the person asked, but also being really upfront that this is just an automated system. Don't expect too much. Not no. pretending. Hi, this is Samantha, your massage yeah. concierge. No, again, mm-hmm. you give me the face. It's more like here's three buttons with what you want. But if you happen to type in some text, we'll direct you to what we think you want. Yeah, I get it. You kept it super simple. You,
1: yeah, it was also. See. These do become smarter over time because, you know, we have all the typical NLP tricks about intent classificat- classification, sentiment analysis.
0: That means that there's anyway, a real human being who looks at all the all the questions that were asked that didn't get a proper answer and starts to tag them up so that when they get asked again, they, they are handled properly. I saw this again with Assist where yeah. it was beautiful, ugly actually, but ugly in design uh, compared to the rest of their stuff but it was beautiful in its simplicity of here's all the questions we're being asked that no one has, that the software doesn't answer. We're just going to keep making it smarter by giving the human answer each time there's a failure. Okay. So that's what you did because you're working with enterprise. From what I understand, they also essentially funded your business. They were paying you to build this for them with the understanding that you could then go and create something that's more universally useful, right?
1: Yes. I mean, they basically, um, This basically paid us for an application that they wanted, but it made us actually aware of what are the things that people will need. So they really contributed to making the product design useful for other enterprises, including their own. And the good news was that they Mm -hmm. got something exactly fit for them without having to pay custom development charges.
0: Are we talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in development costs to create the first version or tens of thousands? Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of, of thousands. Course. That's the beauty of working with enterprise. The the yes. the, the the contract size are huge. Again, yeah. I don't know much more about assist because they sold to Converse Social and I've lost contact with it. But we're, mm-hmm. I was looking at some of the contracts that they had. We're looking at big contracts for companies that would say, we know you don't have this figured out we know that in fact in some cases they didn't even want stats in the beginning because if they had stats then they had to start to live up to them internally what they wanted was experiment and don't make us look like fools and if this works we're going to look like geniuses
1: yes exactly and that's what we want to do is make our customers look like geniuses and we do we do we do have a, you know coming from the marketing automation enterprise software stack background we certainly have all of the bells and whistles that we know from our experience that we need we didn't need a customer to tell us which is You know, it has to be high security. It has to be highly secure, enterprise-level security. Uh, Your integrations have to work and they have to be supported. Um, You have to have analytics. Uh, One of the things that's very interesting is that many of our customers just benefit so much from the analytics. And just watching conversational analytics on conversation transcripts that tell them, you know, people are having a lot of problems understanding this product And they're having a lot of questions about this particular campaign or this movement or something that we did that customers are really confused about. We need to clarify our message. That is a huge value to them. And that's what happens when you have a conversation with customers, when you have hundreds and thousands of conversations with customers and you're able to filter them down and understand, you know, these are the big issues that are facing my customers that I'm missing the point on. Um, One of the things I think uh, one of our customers actually invented or came up with a new product because of all of the questions that came up on a certain type of, uh, I think, waxing or something like that, Uh that people had a lot of questions about. They're like, hey, we should add that. And so, you know, things like that have happened that make it useful to the customer.
0: All right, let me take a moment, talk about my second sponsor, and then I want to get a little bit further ahead with this story and understand what happened when, so far you're telling me about businesses that would suffer under COVID, what happened after COVID for you? And then I'd like to go back and find out a little bit about your past before all this entrepreneurship. But my first sponsor is, my second sponsor is HostGator. Imagine this, I'm taking a look at your co-founder and how that experience that Rebecca Clyde had might help someone who's listening to us start a business. What she did was she said, look, there's this marketing automation software. It's such a pain that big businesses don't want to manage it themselves, but they want all the results out of it themselves. And it seems like a big part of what she did was say, I will be the person who manages it for you. Mm -hmm. I could imagine that with just about any enterprise-level software, or if we're talking B, uh, SMB software, more like the M part, the medium-sized businesses, yeah, there's, yeah. in all of those areas, there's software that's really useful, incredibly complex, and companies would be willing to hire an expert to just run it for them. Can you imagine, as an entrepreneur yourself,
1: how many companies have you started? I'm a number
0: five. You're number five. And then you also had the three before, right, that, that exited? Was it three before that you were an employee of that exited? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, all right, with all your experience, do you think if someone's listening and they pick enterprise software that's maybe relatively new and say, I'm going to be the implementer, do you think that's a good way for them to start a business because there's a lot of money in enterprise, a lot of complexity, a lot of value, and then you could think about creating software in the future or just stay in in services? What do you think of that as an idea?
1: um about somebody buying enterprise software should they be planning to implement it themselves no about
0: um someone in our audience who maybe doesn't have a business who says i'm going to be the implementer of enterprise software i'll look for new software categories that are out there that are still complex and i will be the person who goes to businesses and say if you're using it let me manage it or if you're not using it let me implement it what do you think
1: that is a well understood concept and many Mm -hmm. many big companies have come out of it you know there's a company that does just does support. Is went public, Rimini, I think. Okay. Does support for a lot of companies, enterprise software. That's all they do. They support other people's software. There, there are companies that implement, They have a whole uh, business, a big business, they build around implementing Salesforce, or implementing SAP. Yep. So that's a very well understood and an important activity, and that's. The people that we look to partner with, we want people like this. We want people like this that want to build a business and enjoy the services revenue by being an expert on our products and helping our customers be successful. So we look for those kind of partners. So you can imagine
0: that maybe somebody would be listening to you, going and experimenting with BotCo, and then they become the reseller of BotCo and the implementer and the strategist of the copy and so on.
1: Yes. Um, We don't allow reselling of our product right now, Mm -hmm. but we definitely encourage partnerships that take it, take the product. And, uh, you know, we're actually able to even offer those uh, aspiring partners, you know, jobs within our customers, like projects within our customers. Oh, that you will then refer projects to them. We will refer projects to them, saying, here's somebody who's interested in BotCo, they want to implement Spot, go go help implement, we'll give them leads. Yes, we definitely have enough of a momentum where we have many of those um, not right now that we can pass on.
0: All right, whether you have that idea or any others, bring it to HostGator to host your website. You can host within minutes. You'll have a business that feels reputable to your customers because they can go to the site, they can see it, they can trust it, and then you can work with them. Um, with this idea or anything else if you go to hostgator.com/mixergy, they will give you the lowest price they have available. They'll make it super easy for you to get started. I know I just tested them a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago at this point, and it was just super fast. One click install of WordPress, quick to design. The hardest part was for me to pick which design I liked, but frankly, even that was fairly easy. All you have to do is go to hostgator.com/mixergy. And I'm, I'm so proud that they're sponsoring. I, I host Mixergy on HostGator. All
1: right. Great. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what happened in COVID when these companies that were in hospitality and services could no longer offer their their services?
1: Well, I mean, I have uh, experience from two companies of, from this. And um, what happened was that companies uh, in hospitality – airlines and you're dealing with airline airline loyalty programs, et cetera, not Botco. Botco had one hospitality client, but all the hospitality companies started to feel the pinch very fast, which is you can't travel, so nobody can stay in your hotel, so they don't really care about loyalty programs or booking rooms anymore, right? And uh, you have to take uh, extraordinary measures to make sure you can get through tough times. Um, at the same time, we, we noticed a very interesting thing started to happen. Which is a lot of people in say healthcare um, or quasi-healthcare related activities um, started to call us. It was literally inbound, closing deals over Zoom within a week or 10 days. And they were dealing with immunization or urgent care or other other types of digital health initiatives. And um, those, those started to become a very dominant piece of what we are, we, you know, of the inbound interest that we were seeing. And so although we had a slump, a temporary slump, I like to call it, uh, in uh, COVID, due to COVID, in hospitality, we started to see an equally, even more rapid and urgent need in healthcare, many different consumer-centric models of healthcare delivery that involve digital and virtual versus in-person. Can, can and, you give an example uh, like what?
0: What's the type of business without, if you can't mention their name, maybe you can just tell me a little bit about them. Who's signing um,
1: up? Yeah, I mean, basically it's uh, it could be um, uh, companies that offer, let's say, addiction help, right? Mm. Or mental health or behavioral mm-hmm. health. Right. So in or people that provide, you know, companies that provide immunization records. So, you know, uh, having an immunization record, having access to that immunization record, having consumers be able to access their own immunization record and provide it to Mm -hmm. um, their school or whoever needs it. Those kind of companies really needed to expand and scale their consumer facing operations. So, and, and behavioral health, they wanted to uh, address people coming in that needed to know, you know, asking for a friend, asking for a family member. Yeah. You know, do we need, you know, intervention? Is there a drug that we, that can be used? Which center should I go to? Can I make an appointment? And again, huge scale was suddenly required. And uh, in urgent care, they want to know, okay, which is the urgent care really close to me? I'm having yeah. I think a snake bite and um, sh- should I go to the one on 7th Street, which is near me? And the answer might be no. It, if you're having a snake bite, you might want to go to the one on 5th Street. It's a little bit further. But I know what no you room.
0: mean. I I needed urgent care. I forget what it was. Oh, I know what it was. I had a cracked heel <laughs> two years ago. I'm a runner and I was wearing these thin okay. shoes. Anyway, mm-hmm. and I needed urgent care because I hurt myself. And I thought I could just go to any one of their locations. But when I finally called up and reached somebody, they told me you can go to any location, but here's the one that has an x-ray machine or that can do the, that can get you the results right away and where the doctor can follow up with you immediately. And so I went to the one right on, uh, right on mission street because of that.
1: Yeah. So I get, I get you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You really, you know, you know, this, this idea about calling somebody, right. Like whether it's um, the healthcare, urgent care example that I gave you, or whether it's a bank, right? I'll tell you the experience that I had that also drove mm-hmm. me towards this instant chat conversational interface to be used by enterprise for enterprise marketing was also because I got it from my bank. I was at a store. It's a store that I don't normally go to. Let's just say it's a new store. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden my card was declined and, um, it, and they basically sent me a message, a text message saying, look, or an email that says, uh, we declined your card because it looks like suspicious activity. And if it is you, call us back at this number. I called back at the number because I really wanted to complete my purchase, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Halloween costume, a Halloween store that I hadn't been to. So I just remember this distinctly. And it basically said that you're on hold. And we were going to answer your call in 48 minutes.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: I'm in the store. Right. You want me to be 48 minutes. You know what? It's called, I have another card. Yeah. Okay? So on the, on the one hand, I really appreciate how vigilant they are. And if it was a real fraud, it would have been stopped in its tracks because somebody else was using my card. But if it's me, I can't really be expected to hold for 48 minutes yeah. on my cell phone in a store. And so I... Isn't that a brilliant way to have a secure enterprise level conversational bot that says, okay, thank you for calling. Tell me your balance. They ask the typical questions. What is your last, are you at the store? What was your last balance? Like authenticate me, confirm it's my transaction and let me go. And you did your you know, job.
0: I've had similar situations with Chase about just anything about the PPP loan. Basically, every, every one of their answers is, we don't know anything yet, but why do I have to wait 30 minutes to talk to a specialist about PP who yeah. tells me that? Um, the thing is that every one of us who's into uh, chat automation has tons of experiences like this where it's a no-brainer to have chat automation. And still, Chase doesn't have it, right? You don't see major organizations yet implement chat automation. What's the holdup? as somebody who's selling to them on a regular basis, you could talk about the wins, but let's talk about the real obstacles. Why aren't they implementing it as fast as we all imagined they would?
1: I mean, they will. And let me talk to you about why not. So first of all, using us as the bellwether, we're small, right? So we obviously haven't reached all these people. We want to, but we haven't. There are other people that are doing it. Uh, one of the reasons why we see our velocity increasing in, say, the healthcare segment that we've targeted because of COVID, uh, you know, is because we're HIPAA compliant. So, we took the trouble to go get the compliance on PHI, on health data. Without that, a lot of large medical organizations, healthcare organizations are not going to deal with you. So, that was table stakes. And that's a lot Mm -hmm. of work. Um, So, we, we got that. So, we're really pushing that. And then, um, moving forward to enterprises, you, you're you going to have to have other levels of compliance. Uh, you have to support CCPA, GDPR. Being an enterprise-level product requires you to, I think, have all of these security and control measures in place. True, but so then even if
0: you control. take it down to S B, SM, SMB, small, medium-sized businesses, they will take risks all over the place. They won't care about GRD anything, right? They'll just implement, get results, and innovate faster. We still don't see chat in those places. We still don't see Shopify stores implementing chat as often as I thought that, that they would by now. We still don't see online marketers who are the first to jump on everything, right? Gary Vaynerchuk says marketers ruin everything, but they also innovate everything online. We still don't see them. What's the holdup? Why isn't this we spreading do. more? You well, do.
1: I- uh huh. I do see it. Yeah, I see that little box showing up at a lot of websites. I know, uh, in 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 B two C especially.
0: And and for the I, most part, it's it's an intercom box that says somebody will be here soon. Give us your email address, and then like, I get my email responded to. But then, yeah, what's the point? You might as like, well give me a it's form. It's poorly
1: implemented. It's poorly implemented. Yeah. Um, I see a very big market if this is useful. For people, because we can't have humans uh, available seven by 24 if you have one visitor or 1,000 and one human being is supposed to- And frankly, even
0: if you could, a lot of these questions could be answered so much faster by software. And a lot of times you don't want a human being, you just want software. So it feels a little less personal. Yeah. So we're
1: looking at medium size and uh, larger organizations and we're selling to them and we're having all these interesting, you know, uh, implementations and we just- definitely see a velocity of interest and closures in our business. And I do believe there are many chat solutions out there that are very still do-it-yourselfers without the enterprise level security, without the capabilities, without a focus on anything. They're like, okay, what do you want? I'll build it for you. So we're trying to stick to our marketing roots and create these outreach marketing Close in session or drip nurture over time kind of box hey. right on our platform. And I think that uh, I'd see a big market for that. And as far as just general chat acceptance, I mean, my dentist now doesn't even have a phone. It's just <laughs> it's chat. It's all chat. It's all chat. I,
0: I feel like it's going to happen. It's inevitable that dentists are not going to want to be distracted. We've seen that barber shops reluctantly answer phones. The one here in San Francisco. Took them for fricking ever to deal with even with even uh, um, websites. They don't want to. They they want to. Well, actually, the fact that they took so, so long to even let me book on the web is is an indication of how slow these companies are. Why is this technology that's always about to come? It seems like what you're saying is, Andrew, it is coming. You. You're, it seems like what you're saying, Andrew, you you want it to happen faster than the world is ready for. It, and yes. I am. You're saying about yourself at Baco. I am willing to bank on this and wait. And if it takes five years instead of five months, I think it's going to get there. And that's the bet that you're placing. Am I right?
1: Yeah, I don't think I have to wait five years because I already see the momentum. I'm small though, and I can't handle everybody. And I'm not going to go after Shopify shops and mm-hmm. IBM at this, in the same go. So I've basically set my targets on a different segment and I'm going there because I have, Capabilities. I have capabilities, Mm -hmm. I have compliance, I have a I I demand a higher price Mm -hmm. and for the capabilities. And so that's where I'm going. But I see a lot of options uh, to move downstream and upstream and sideways. And I believe many other players are there and will 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 start specializing in like support or you know, a particular vertical and you'll see these solutions. But bottom line, the pointing and clicking and reading the F and manual stuff is going to go away because people aren't ready to read your manual. You want the answer.
0: All right. Why did you join Alchemist? It's uh, what, an incubator, would you say? No, an accelerator, right? They don't give you that much money. You had experience. They could open doors for you, but lady, you can open doors on your own, right?
1: Why -hmm. are you guys part of Alchemist? We uh, love Alchemist and it was primarily, I benefited a lot from Alchemist, but it was primarily for our CEO. So our CEO um, is the primary participant in Alchemist, Rebecca. And although she has built a successful digital marketing company before, uh, building a B2B software company was something new for her. So she met lots of people. Um, we didn't really need any money, but we really and they wanted- give you very more. little.
0: I, it's like ten, tens of thousands, low tens of thousands of dollars.
1: Yeah, and yeah. These, uh, yeah. if you want the money. We didn't go there for the money. We actually went there for the class itself because it was very beneficial uh, to Rebecca and to other executives in our company. Mm-hmm. And also to um, go through the discipline of how to build a SaaS company, what to watch out for B2B, and all the connections and networks. And it has been fabulous for us. We really loved it. I was a little skeptical, and I have to admit that I wasn't that involved in all of the coaching and all that stuff, because it might be a little bit redundant for somebody with a lot of experience, but there were some things that were a huge refresher to me as well. And I really enjoyed joining a peer circle that they created where we're talking to other entrepreneurs, and I'm learning from them. Um, And also, of course, I became a, a venture partner in a VC firm, so I'm always looking for deal flow.
0: Uh, and so you get to know the other people who are part of it. What's the yeah. VC firm? I didn't know that. Who are you with?
1: Yeah. Elevate.vc. Ah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we, um, our charter is to fund um, uh, to fund uh, Black, Latinx, and uh, women founders. Yeah, why That's, do I know uh, Elevate? kind of what we like to do. Yeah, Elevate.vc. Elevate Capital. Okay. No, it's Elevate.vc.
0: Yeah, they, I, I thought on their website it says Elevate Capital. That's, I was yeah, just reading off of that's that. that's the website. Okay. All right. Um, let me just close it off with um, a little bit about your your past. Were you always entrepreneurial? Were you the kid who was always starting businesses?
1: You know, I always wanted to be independent. Um, and I yes, I was starting ventures, but they were not always all for profit. So I do remember okay. I was uh, seven, eight years old and I started a school. Um, I started a school and everything uh-huh. I would learn that day in school, I would try to teach uh, the socially more repressed class, uh, you know, their domestic servants, I would get their children and I would teach them.
0: And this was a real school. Yeah. This wasn't you just playing with a few of your friends and pretending at school. No, you would bring their kids in
1: and teach them what? Uh, English. Okay. Moral science, mathematics, geography. Moral science. Yes. What's moral that? science. Uh, moral science was, I went to a Catholic convent and so we had a moral science school where we learned about God and spirits and being good. And I thought they should learn that too. And so I was seven or eight years old and, um, they were, you know, four or five years old Okay. and I actually had guest lecturers.
0: Uh, Wow. (laughs) Okay.
1: And it was under a tree. It was under a tree on my veranda. And so this, Later on, my mother told me, I think your students are coming because you give them snacks. <laughs> <That's> smart also. <laughs> yeah, I, I served them snacks, but I just enjoyed it. So I would put up a board and with the chalk and I would write and I would teach them moral science. Wow. There's only one true God because I learned that at school. Uh-huh. And uh, I would teach them math and then I would invite my sister who was three years older than me, so okay. she was eleven years old, to come and give them a class, and we went on and on with this stuff, right? Wow! And if it was under the the tree. We you know we put a little boundary of stones around it, and then lemonade or milk and biscuits would be served at uh, lunchtime, and I loved it. I so I always wanted to be useful and of, as of service, I think, because mm-hmm. I could have played games or watched TV or read an interesting book, but I preferred to have classes. So, so I always in, 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 in enjoy And your parents giving, encouraged learning. it.
0: It seems like they were proud that you were the person who would do this. And then this was, uh, this was in India. When you moved to the U S you moved to the Bay area right away.
1: No, I was in Ohio,
0: Ohio. Okay. Uh, Did they encourage this type
1: of thing in Ohio? In Ohio, I was uh, there for my master's degree. Okay. And, uh, and so I was, um, you know, not teaching classes, but I was a graduate assistant. I did teach the undergraduate uh, undergraduate classes, the Intro to business class.
0: So are you now teaching too, or are you just investing? Are you someone who goes in as a guest lecturer? Do you go in and, and advise entrepreneurs? I feel like you'd be good at it.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's something that I do enjoy. So I do open up uh, a lot of office hours for mentorship. Mm-hmm. I'm very very free with my uh, email address and my time to really counsel uh, entrepreneurs obviously I work with the ones that I invest in a lot more um and I also like to you know screen deals and 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 take them to my partnership if I feel it's suitable for them and meets mm-hmm. our criteria and you know Stanford Berkeley uh, San Jose State San Francisco State University of Chicago booth, I've uh, gone in Harvard. I've gone there for two to three day conferences on entrepreneurship and actually given a lecture or participated in a panel for the MBA students there. And Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed it. And of course, I've gone back to my alma mater many times and I'm working with the business incubators in Youngstown, Ohio and other places. And I really, really enjoy it.
0: All right. The website is botco.ai. Congratulations! I feel like what we're seeing here. Let me look at your your trajectory. It seems like you're five to ten year person. You're now three years into Botco. Another two to five, two to seven years. Yes, and then maybe you'll yeah. you'll come on here and you'll tell me that you can't reveal the amount that you sold the business for,
1: but. <laughs> Is that up to to me to sell it i have our ceo our ceo has to lead us i I did see that
0: you're not the ceo you're the chairman chairwoman right and the person who does things like get hipaa compliance when nobody else wants to deal with the with the (laughs) whacked out processes that are out there for (laughs) hipaa or anything like that right you say i'll take it on
1: yes i get all the stuff that nobody wants to do (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. Exa- oh, there it is. Executive chairman. That's the official title. Yes. Thank you so much for being executive on here. Congratulations. You,
1: actually get to do some work. You, you just can't have a title, fancy title. You have to do work. That's what no, executive, executive means. chairman
0: means. you actually, you're E-level. That means you actually have to do work. Usually the chairman person can just say, I'm taking a step back. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Anyone who wants to go check out your website, it's botco.ai. And I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first is someone that we're both clients of. We both used developers oh. from TopTal. And so, so many people who I've interviewed, if you haven't yet, go to Top is in top of your head, Tal is in talent. That's T-O-P-T-A-L.com slash M-I-X-E-R-G-Y, TopTal.com slash Mixergy. And then if you need a website hosted, or if you have a hosting company and you want to get a lower price, challenge mm. HostGator to do you right. It's HostGator.com slash Mixergy to sign up and get a great price on great service. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. Congratulations. Bye. Bye everyone.